0: The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. In the new book, Coming Before the Lord, author Doug Poole applies scripture to our lives today. Doug is joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thanks for being here with me tonight, Doug. Thanks for the invitation. Oh, can you tell us all about Coming Before the Lord? It just was a book that I realized
1: gave me clarity, which I wanted to share with others about incidents and people and Bible characters of struggles they had in their life and what they accomplished and what they didn't. And their stories are all through the Bible. And so I wrote about them and how they affected my life. What inspired you or spurred you to write this? I struggled for a while because the story kept coming to mind, but I never felt worthy of writing something down or ever writing a book. But as that urge continued, I felt like it was the Lord giving me a prompting to do something and to write.
0: Have you ever written a book before?
1: No, this was the first book. I had ever written, and uh, I just didn't think that it was a project that I would be able to complete.
0: So how's it feel now having accomplished that, having it out on shelves and people are reading it?
1: Yes, well, uh, it's really a great feeling because it wasn't something that I expected I could complete, and in doing so has been quite an
0: achievement for me, and I'm glad that I pursued and continued on and finished writing it. Do you have any words of advice now for aspiring writers who want to publish their book?
1: Well, I would say that if you have a story with inside of you, and I believe most people do, that if you feel that it would be uh, something you could share with others, that it will probably bless people and that going and writing it could be quite an accomplishment in your own life and be helpful to other people. Are you thinking of
0: writing more books?
1: Yes, I started writing a second book, realized there were some other things I had within me after writing the first one that I wanted to complete. So I completed a second book and it has come out and it is going to be published here
0: shortly. About how long do you work on these books? How long does it take you to write?
1: Well, the first book was most difficult because I kept putting it off and thinking that it was just too much for me, that I wasn't talented enough to write a book. So the first book took me about 12 years because I kept laying it down and then starting again and then feeling overwhelmed. But it finally arrived and it was a good feeling.
0: How did you get past that? Oftentimes, writers have problem with that inner editor and almost a perfectionist sort of view on it, and that can hinder you sometimes. Was that something you struggled with?
1: Yes, I did struggle with that. My wife kept telling me that I could do it, and that even though it might be difficult to pursue it anyway, she would help me with it, so that's what she did.
0: I encourage listeners to check this out. It is Coming Before the Lord by Doug Poole. Published by Christian Faith Publishing, you can get it at Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, as well as other places you purchase your reading material. Doug, thank you for joining me tonight. It was great chatting with you. Yes, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Anya's name is the new book by Dr. Ginny Milano that tells the story of a little girl looking to understand her past. Jenny's talking with me here right now. Ginny, thank you for being here tonight.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Can you tell us about Anya's name?
2: Anya's name is a story about a little girl that I actually saw in therapy. She had been adopted and was struggling to make a connection to her past. Realizing that her name was a special gift from her biological mother gave her some peace and helped her to move on and make that connection and to bring her past and present together.
0: When you were writing this, did you have a target audience, uh, readership that you were thinking would get the most out of it?
2: My thinking was that the people that would get the most benefit from it are children who are in foster care and who are adopted and their families. I'm adopted myself and have looked for that connection to my past, and it's been beneficial for me to find reads that help me sort through those things. So I thought it might be most helpful to that population.
0: Have you written or been published before?
2: This is my first book, but I have a second book in the works. Well,
0: congratulations on your first book. That's a huge deal. Uh, What's it feel like now having your work out there on shelves and people are reading it?
2: It's pretty exciting.
0: So what advice would you have now for aspiring authors that want to go through that whole thing, write a book, get it published? What would you tell them?
2: It's a pretty great process to see your work come to life and to know that people will read it and benefit from it. and To hold the book in your hand for the first time and know that you created that. It's a pretty great feeling. I tell them to stick with it and if you have a thought that you think would help someone or mean something enough to you to share, then go for it.
0: When you're writing, do you ever hit writer's block? And if you do, how do you get through that?
2: With the two books that I've written, I haven't. They actually are both stories that were very close to me that just sort of came out. But when I'm writing in my spare time, sometimes it gets a little bit fuzzy. And I try to just rethink the situation that I'm trying to picture and put into words and uh, take my time to make it come alive.
0: About how long did it take you to write this first book?
2: Um, The first book was probably in the works for about six months.
0: Was there anything surprising about maybe the editing process for you or the the whole publishing thing, all the work that goes into that?
2: There's a lot of work, a lot of people behind it, that's for sure. I think one of the, the coolest things for me is to see the illustrations and to see the words come alive in pictures.
0: So what kind of reading do you do? Often the writers are the ones that read the most. So what kinds of things do you like to read to keep yourself inspired or educated or entertained?
2: Uh, I love historical fiction. I do read a lot of children's books. I work with children all the time, and I like to keep up on what the kids, whether they're kids or teenagers, are reading so I understand where they're coming from. But in general, I love a good novel.
0: And do you have any final words to tell our listeners right now about Anya's name and the message you want to get across with it?
2: I think that the message that I want to get across is everyone in our lives becomes a part of us. In Anya's case, it came through in her name, and that is a special gift that we each have. And each person builds on who we become and who we are, and that's a pretty important thing for us to remember.
0: This book is Anya's Name by Dr. Ginny Milano. It's published by Fulton Books, and you can check it out in Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you get your reading material. Ginny, it was great chatting with you tonight. Thank you for your time.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Children have a fun, unique perspective on the world. And author R.I. Paul's book, Grandpa Tell Me a Story, draws on his interactions with grandchildren to tell meaningful tales. Now, author Bob is with me right now. Thank you, Bob, for joining me tonight.
3: Well, I really appreciate the opportunity to visit with you, sir. Well,
0: can you tell us about Grandpa Tell Me a Story?
3: Yeah, it's a, basically the kind of short stories a grandfather would sit down and tell his grandchildren about life lessons and the world around you and, you know, interactions with others. When kids have questions about things, sometimes the best way to get the point across is to tell a story. And my children were very inquisitive. And in fact, my, my youngest granddaughter would say, Grandpa, would you tell me a story about this? Because I think it helped her comprehend and understand what I was trying to get across. And that's where the stuff, when the stories actually came from.
0: About how long did it take you to put all these stories together and get them put into a book?
3: Well, over time, several years, my daughter-in-law, she is an English teacher, and she would help hear me tell these stories to her kids and things. And she, and she told me that you know, Bob, you need to write these things down. I mean, they're really good. And so, over time, I wrote them down. And then, when I retired, I, I looked at them. And then one day, I was actually saw a uh, advertisement uh, from. Christian Faith Publishing, and I sent them their stories, and they approved all of them. So that's kind of what got the ball rolling
0: there. Is this the first book you've written or had published then?
3: Yes, this is my first book.
0: How's that feel to have your book out there on shelves for the world? Well, you know, it's kind
3: of humbling. I mean, I think it's uh, something that deep down inside, everybody would probably like to do once, and uh, I was able to finally get it done. What I learned from it is uh, don't be afraid to to take a shot you know the worst they can say is no i was very fortunate that they said yes
0: so are there more stories to tell are you thinking about maybe another book oh yes in fact i'm uh working on
3: some right now i guess i can i'll give give one away my grandson had asked me to throw batting practice for him so we went to the batting cages and i threw about four buckets of balls and and i was tired and he was tired and he was sitting down on the bench, and he looked up at me with a, with a real solemn little face, and he says, Grandpa, are you going to pass away? And, I mean, that just, like, pulled a heart out of your chest. You know, of course, I told him not today. You know, uh, We ended up talking a lot about that. And I ended up turning that into a, a story because I think it's something that little kids, I think, think about and what caused him to think about it is that one of his buddies had missed a couple of days of school because his grandpa had passed away. So he was concerned about it. And then I felt that, well, that's something that, you know, we need to write about. Kids need to know these kinds of things and how to deal with
0: it. Yeah, it's a great way to tell kids, discuss hard truths with children.
3: Yes, and and, and that's one of the things that I that I work on here a little bit. And then my the other one right now that I'm working on is... Uh, could I call the levels of social maturity you know you go from obedience to trust to, to integrity and to credibility and my oldest granddaughter and I have had some conversations about that and I'm working on a story about those right now and then I try to list the biblical references and those kinds of things that go along with it and if there's any food involved I like to put the recipe on that particular food in there too which is in the other book there uh, the oatmeal raisin cookies for example. Uh, hush puppies that are in there and then a strawberry rhubarb pie is also included in that so you got something and you can have fun with your kids at the same time yeah <laughs> well and this one's going to have a, a, a huckleberry recipe that comes from uh, my great-grandmother and as uh, my wife has and uh, that's going to be included in this next book too
0: I love that added bonus, man. You got me with that. (laughs) Well, and this one's going to have a huckleberry recipe that comes
3: from uh, my great-grandmother and uh, my wife has, and uh, that's going to be included in this next book, too. Well,
0: again, this is published by Christian Faith Publishing, and it's called Grandpa, Tell Me a Story by R.I. Paul. You can get this on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and everywhere else you shop for your books. Well, Bob, thank you again for your time. It was great chatting with you tonight. You too. A Safe Place is the new book by Mary Kendall, and it's out on shelves now through Christian Faith Publishing. Mary is joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Mary, thank you for your time and chatting with me tonight.
4: Thank you. Thank
0: you. Can you tell us what you've written about in A Safe Place?
4: Well, it's about a family that lives over in the woods in some place in Europe, maybe Bavaria, things happen with the government. You know, things always happen with governments. The wife is gone, and then the man, well, anyway, it's a very interesting book. It's a very fun book. It's a read-aloud book if you, ha- you need to. It just traces their, their how they get their life together and leave Europe and come to America.
0: How did the idea for this book come about? What was the inspiration to write this and publish it?
4: Well, my daughter and I were over there because we had people there. We were over in Bavaria. Mm, I don't know, in '09, I think. Anyway, we were riding the bullet train and we saw a man. Uh, he would be called a lineman here in the United States. Their lines are very short; they're close to the ground, not not like ours. And when I came home, I simply sat down, wrote, sat down and wrote that
0: book. Is this the first time you've written a book?
4: Well, yes. That's, I was, yeah, yes, sir. Yeah.
0: Well, congratulations on publishing. How does it feel having your book out there and your story is being told to the world? What's that feel like?
4: Oh, it's a satisfied feeling, son. It really is. Truly, it is a satisfied feeling.
0: And what advice now would you give to people looking to do the same thing?
4: I don't know. Shug. I, re- I, I really don't know. I, I, I really have no idea why I wrote it other than I sat down one day and it came. So we were in Bavaria and it's at Christmas time and the snow was unbelievable. We don't, I, I, I live in the mountains here in North Carolina, but there's nothing like that here. I guess it impressed me, but to be able to do that, I I, I really don't know, son. I don't know. I I can't tell you. I don't know. You just keep at it.
0: Now, looking into the future, are you thinking about writing another book?
4: I don't know, sir. I really don't know. I'm going to try. I will try. Or I will sit down at it.
0: About how long were you working on this book, from the time you first put pen to paper, clear through, till the time it hit shelves?
4: Two months. No more than two months, maybe three.
0: It's usually a much longer process. Uh, sounds like the words just flowed out.
4: No, sir. I had no writer's block with this book. Now, I don't know what a, a subsequent one would be. I, I know folks say they ha- hit writer's blocks, but I had none with this one. No, sir. <clears throat> It just flowed. It just came when I sat down. I have a lot of responsibilities. My husband has dementia. Therefore, I have a lot of responsibilities. And my time is at night when things settle down. And it just came. Honest. It just came. There were three or four false starts. But then when it came, it came. Complete. Honest.
0: Well, I encourage our listeners to check this out. Again, it is a safe place by Mary Kendall, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, at iTunes, and everywhere else where you buy your reading material. Mary, thank you. It was a pleasure chatting with you tonight. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. Author Clifford E. McLean is here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and his new book, Sitting with the Sages, is out now from Fulton Books. Thank you for talking with me tonight, Clifford. Uh, My own and pleasure can you tell us about Sitting with the Sages? The subtitle is 20 Outstanding Men of God Among the Most Iconic Preachers of the 20th and 21st Century. That's much of the gist of this.
5: Yes, yes. There are
0: hundreds, perhaps
5: even thousands, but my local editor, a retired chancellor at a university here in my area, suggested that we just uh, start with 20. And I was born on a street with six preachers there, four of them included. And of course, I was raised uh, in the home of a preacher pastor, my father, who is the first person in the book. The book tells about the ministers that my father introduced me to, or I came to know. Many of them were his schoolmates at a now defunct college, Bishop College. And uh, when my dad finished, it was in Marshall, Texas. It closed in Dallas, Texas. And then uh, these men were scattered throughout the United States. And I had the privilege of meeting them. Uh, As a matter of fact, one of the men, Dr. Sandy Ray in uh, Brooklyn, New York, was a summer seminarian at Union. He preached for Dr. Ray at the Cornerstone Church. And that's where I first met Dr. Martin King in 1957. I was just a lad of a boy. During my father's pastorate at Little Union where I serve now. Dr. King was invited to preach in a civil rights rally and meeting. He held frequent conferences, a nonviolent demonstration and so forth at Little Union when he came to Shreveport. On the face of the book, I think there are five pastors from New York and I met them through my dad. I preached for some of them. They preached for me, had a very strong relationship Only one is living, Dr. Harrius Wright, retired, past president of Bishop College. He succeeded Dr. Sanderay at Cornerstone uh, Church in Brooklyn. So these men were pioneers in civil rights. As a matter of fact, in the 1940s, my father was one of the first with five others to register and vote as African-American clergy in my hometown of Ruston, my home parish of Lincoln. So I I was watched after, advised. I had an opportunity to get insights very early. I wanted to preach at age seven, but my dad didn't believe in boy preachers, as he said. And so I delayed it for another 12 years or so before I began my ministry. These men were very well learned. My father believed that call to preach was a call to preparation. Almost all of these men, probably 100% of them, were college students, college grads. Some went on to get a master's and
0: postgraduate degree. How long would you say you worked on this book to write it and then publish it?
5: Well, here's an interesting thing. I had been the guest speaker at Benedict College in Columbia, South Carolina, Founders Day. And the next Saturday, I was visiting my daughter, a physician in Richmond, Virginia, and a pastor, Professor Heard, I was coming. So he took me to Virginia Union University Seminary. I had never been there. And as we were touring the campus, well, I I was asked to speak to the homiletics class and after that they took me to the chapel we were leaving the chapel and one of them said you are one of the last preachers to know and to have interacted with these men that we call the preaching in the golden age and we would like for you to write about your experience we'd like for you to write and they gave me the title sitting with the sages And when I returned home to Louisiana, it was very, very easy because the experiences, the advice, and reading many of their writings as well
0: was very, very easy to put on paper. An incredible story, and and i got to thank you for putting out this book. It is Sitting with the Sages, published by Fulton Books. You can find it on Amazon at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes and Google Play and elsewhere. Clifford, thank you for chatting with me tonight. It was great hearing about you and your book. Thank you very much. Author Raven Gregory is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and her new book, An Angel's Heart, is on shelves now. Raven, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us about An Angel's Heart?
6: Um, An Angel's Heart is kind of the typical good versus evil, love conquers all, mass destruction of the world, just... Kind of just an encompassment of every genre that's out there, you know, a little romance, little fantasy, there's some magic, there's a lot of self-discovery, a lot of learning to rely on yourself and learning to rely on your inner strengths, as well as acknowledging your weaknesses and being aware of what makes you kind of a human and your errors and that kind
0: of a thing. Where did you get the idea for this?
6: So this is kind of my story in a fiction setting. I needed to find my place and find my voice in the world. And the best way for me to be able to do that without hurting anyone's feelings or coming across as abrasive or aggressive was to to write. And so putting it in a fiction setting, the characters are based off of people in my life. Um, The heroine is as I like to call her, my alter ego. Um, I write Rhea the way that I wish I could see myself on a daily basis. Um, She's bold and fearless. She's selfless and confident, but she kind of has my core, my insecurities, and she has those moments of self-doubt and not feeling like she's good enough and not feeling like she is ever enough for any person or her family. And that's kind of how I've felt my whole life. And so I kind of just decided to write my story in the best way that I could and try and make it as fun as I possibly could while learning these lessons at the same time.
0: Is this your first journey into writing? It is
6: my first journey into writing novels. I've been writing poetry since I was little. Um I had a poem published in the American Young Authors Poetry Book in 92. Maybe I was I think I was 12, but this is my first real attempt at writing a full story, a full novel.
0: So how does it feel knowing that your story is out there, it's on shelves for the world to read?
6: It's amazing. It is absolutely just the best feeling in the world. This was probably one of my biggest dreams, and to have it actually be a reality is just so overwhelming. It's just been an incredible process.
0: Now having come through it all, what advice would you give to authors who are looking to publish their first book?
6: Um, never give up. If there's a story that you want to write, even if it takes you a really long time, write it. Even if you don't publish it, just write the story that you'll be happy that you did.
0: was there maybe another novel in your future?
6: There is. This is actually a, um, An Angel's Heart is the first of a trilogy. So I'm currently working on An Angel's War. I'm about halfway done with it. There's a lot that happens in the first book that I felt needed to be into a second book. Otherwise, the book was going to be really long. And so I've broken it into three stories or or three books. And so I'm about halfway done with the second book.
0: We're looking forward to the trilogy. This one is book one of Ray of Light. It is An Angel's Heart by Raven Gregory, published by Fulton Books. You can find this at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. Raven, thank you so much for your time tonight. It was great talking with you.
6: Corey, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Drops of Sweetness is a new book by Byron Cruitt that's inspired by a rich career in the U.S. Air Force. Byron's here with me now. Thank you for joining me tonight, Byron. Uh, You're welcome. Can you tell us about what you've written in Drops of Sweetness? What my book's about is
7: sharing uh, valuable feelings of love that gives some sweetness to my life. That's why they titled Drops of Sweetness, because I've had sweetness throughout my life as far as starting with the love of my parents and enjoyment of the love of parents, the love of uh, life, and and the love that I've received uh, knowing Christ and and just through the beauty of God's creation and my services in the Air Force of traveling.
0: You've had quite extensive travel in your Air Force career. Can you talk about that?
7: Yes, well, uh, fortunately, I've been able to see most of the country here in the United States because I've been here to the south, uh, where I am now uh, retired, in Georgia, but I've been all the way. Fortunately, I had an assignment in Washington to the northwest, so I've gotten to see that part of the country, and I was born and raised in Illinois, so I've been part of the central, but I also was fortunate enough to get an assignment down in New Mexico in the southwest, and that's where I actually met my wife. The only place I haven't been on a station or really... I endeavored, uh, endeavored with the East Coast, and I've been there on a trip to see Mount Rushmore, which was a wonderful, wonderful experience in my life. I've seen that twice. So, And I had an assignment overseas in Italy where um, actually our first child was born. So I've gotten to see quite a bit of our country, which is amazing. And I even got to visit Italy and saw some of Italy, so that's pretty amazing.
0: What would you say are some major life lessons or truths that you learned in your career?
7: Well, I think what I learned uh, probably most is being very focused on the work I was uh, asked or tasked to be able to do uh, while I was in the service uh, as an administrator. And as an administrator, I had some important assignments that dealt with classified. And I worked hard and focused, make sure I did not have any problems there. But the main thing is I know I worked hard because my goal was at least be six stripes when I retired being in the top three of the enlisted force. Uh, so I retired as a sergeant. That's why I learned by working and focused hard that it actually came to fruitation to something I never thought was writing a book. Because I had something run across my mind, my beautiful lady, don't know why at nighttime I was going to go to sleep. Then it ended up, uh, some words or phrase came to my mind, came into my mind. And I went down and wrote that down. I did that three times. And so I know that I felt like that was God inspired because I'm not somebody I ever thought is gonna write. And lo and behold, from that very beginning on 16 June uh, 2016, began my uh, hard work and devotion to try to, to write poems and share about my life and about the love that my parents gave me and developed and it just ended up I had to send it to a publication, Christian Faith Publishing. That's because of the patience through what I learned in the Air Force and the hard work there that I just kept trying to do this book and uh, never gave up on it. And God just uh, inspired to see it through.
0: So congratulations on having this book out there for the world now. How does it feel knowing that people are buying this? It's on shelves? They're reading it? Well, how it feels
7: to me is it goes back to the fact that when I retired from the Air Force and they had six tribes, that was probably the most gratifying thing in my life. It still is, uh, but this comes very close because I know being an author to me and, and the hard work and the head, the work that I had to put into it, I first got the book in my hand saw my cover. And it's in the beauty of my cover uh, that I had selected how I thought I might want it to be. looked. And seeing that and holding that in my hand, realizing it's got my name on there. It's my first book I ever wrote. I felt a lot of accomplishment and I actually had almost had tears in my eyes uh, just looking and holding that book in my hand.
0: I encourage our listeners to check this one out. It's Drops of Sweetness by Byron Cruitt, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can get it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else. You get your reading material. Well, Byron, it was a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you so much for sitting down with us tonight. Well, I appreciate it, Coran. Thank you. There's much to be learned from what we go through in life. And author Regina Warren encourages readers to consider it all a blessing in her new book, Open Your Heart and Write Your Vision. Regina is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Regina, thank you for joining me tonight.
8: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So can you tell me about your book?
8: Uh, My book, Open Your Heart and Write Your Vision, is a hard work workbook. And it encourages individuals to expose their wounds so that not only God can heal them and they heal the right way, but it also encourages individuals to begin their process of
0: healing. How did the idea to write this come about?
8: It came from my own personal experiences in life. Um, I had dealt with uh, feeling lonely, rejected, abandoned, broken, and also forgotten. And that led to a lot of bad decisions, being unhealthy relationships. And I got to a place where I just felt empty, and the only thing I knew how to do was to write my way to and through my feelings. Um, So I sat down in the closet, and what started out as a journal turned out to be a great work and a healing work for me to not only deal with my own heart issues, um, confront them head-on, and begin my own healing process.
0: Is this a book that took you a long time to write, or did it come about fairly quickly?
8: It took me over a year, and it was because of fear. When I initially started writing, I was excited to share my story, but then there was that fear of judgment, also the fear of who would read it, and will anyone begin or start their healing process as a result of
0: it. Is this the first book you've had published? Yes, it is. Well, congratulations.
8: Thank you. It's exciting. I'm still, like, pinching myself.
0: <laughs> does, it, does it feel good now The the world has your story out there to learn from?
8: It does, and my prayer has always been: if there's just one that keeps something out of this with workbook or even begins their healing journey, that is good enough for me.
0: Was there anything surprising about writing or publishing this that happened along the way? Did you learn anything?
8: Well, I learned a lot about the publication process, from the line editing to just marketing, and I would have to say marketing was the biggest hurdle that I had to overcome because I don't really like to talk about myself. So um, I was able to get a marketing guide from Christian Faith Publishing, and that definitely helped. Um, But definitely marketing the book and telling my story was definitely a challenge, but I'm becoming better at it for sure.
0: (laughs) Now, would you have any words of advice for aspiring authors that want to write a book and get it published as well?
8: My advice would be to just start. Whether it's a free write and you find a nice, quiet corner or a coffee shop, to write out your thoughts, just write out everything on paper, anything that comes to your mind, anything that you feel in your reflection and journaling, just start the writing process. And it's amazing that once you start, how hard it is either to put that pen down, for some of us that still use pen and paper, or if you're using your laptop or desktop computer, just how much time flies by when you're typing. Well,
0: it sounds like this will be a great resource for encouragement and hope to those who need it. And I encourage all the listeners out there to pick this up and check it out. It is Open Your Heart and Write Your Vision by Regina Warren, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Regina, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. It was a pleasure speaking with you.
8: Thank you for having me.
0: The Sacred Relics is the new book by Bruce Walden that the author describes as, quote, a biblical adventure in which Indiana Jones would be thrilled to take part. Bruce is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Bruce, thank you for joining me tonight.
9: I'm glad to be here.
0: Can you tell us about the sacred relics?
9: It's an uh, archaeology-type adventure, but it takes place here in Alaska where I live. I kind of tried to weave bible history and u.s history and russian history and alaskan history because they're all kind of mixed in together the hero of the book is he's just a uh he's a shipping clerk in tacoma and his boss is a fellow who was a wannabe archaeologist and he got broken up he busted his legs and couldn't do it so he they find a uh a thing going around the internet it's a picture of a piece of wood with a russian orthodox cross on it with some uh coordinates and some stuff in russian so he asked this guy look at this see what you can make of it and he does And he realized these coordinates are here in Alaska, near Sitka, which is the old Russian capital up here. And uh, so he hires him to go look it over. And in doing so, uh, he meets a lot of other people who are there to look for the same thing, although the thing was only on the Internet for a couple of days. It was taken down, and the guy who put it up was subsequently uh, murdered in Moscow in this book. So it was only on for a short time, and only a few people saw it. But they all wind up in the same area looking for the same thing, and They find relics. I won't go into any deeper than that, but hopefully I do it in a way that the reader will will, uh, appreciate the adventure of it there.
0: Certainly sounds exciting. How did the idea for this book come about?
9: Well, I I watched a lot of documentaries. I'm a big fan of, uh, they used to have a show on TV called uh, Mummies, Tombs, and Pyramids or something like that. It was a a guy named Bob Breyer. Uh, He's a a professor out of Brooklyn, and uh, there's also a lady by the name of Dr. Salima Akram, and she has a lot of such things, and I, I've very, always been very interested in archaeology. But as I am an Alaskan, and because our state developed different than the other states, we came from Russian backgrounds and, of course, Native backgrounds. And uh, I weave the, the uh, that part into the book as well. For instance, some of the stuff that they see, they find is written with Russian letters, but it's actually in the Tlingit language, which is a, uh, a Native language down on the Panhandle here in Alaska. So the Russian lady in the book, she's reading it, but she don't know what she's saying. And the barista who happens to be twinket, says, let me tell you what you're saying. And they kind of start to decipher these things that way. But I, I was actually writing another book, and this one was just kind of eating its way out of me. I had to stop writing the other book to write this one, and it just poured right off my fingertips. It was a lot of fun.
0: That's what I was going to ask about your writing history. Have you written before or been published before? I Well,
9: I, yes and no. Uh, this book and several others that I have written, I, this was actually on, I think, my 12th book. I've written 16 and all, and I'm actually working on number 17 right now. I had my own print shop, but I decided with this one, I'm going to go with a, a, a bigger company than what I had. So I, I hired uh, Christian Faith Publishing to publish this for me. I'm very happy with it.
0: Well, this is The Sacred Relics by Bruce Walden, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You'll be able to find it at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and elsewhere. Well, Bruce, thank you for your time today. It was great chatting with you.
9: Well, it was. I had a great time, and glad to hear from you, and hope to hear from you again.
0: Living life with purpose through faith is at the heart of Cinda E. Fagan's new book, Tribulation to Triumph. Cinda, thank you for talking with me tonight here.
10: Thank you. It's my pleasure.
0: Can you tell us about Tribulation to Triumph?
10: Tribulation to Triumph, it is a spiritual book that provides awareness to life's various situation as you encounter the move and the call of God. It is also a roadmap to understanding whatever life yields you with a spirit of praise and meditation and, and just the move of God, you can get through it. It's the journal to real life situations, how to deal with them, how to build your faith, how to you know have a better connection with god while you're on your spiritual journey so this book hopefully will reach the hearts and souls of those who are seeking a closer walk with god
0: this is a book in the shattered but not broken series can you talk about that
10: as an individual we go through various shifts in our life and through those peaks and valleys we want to have an outlet you know we want to remain steadfast to the word of god but we're still in the flesh and as we are still embarking on those journeys on how to move through those life situations you may be in a situation where you feel defeated but as you continue to draw upon the word of god and to study his word and let him you know speak into your spirit you gain strength from that so you may be shattered from time to time but you're not broken We know regardless of what we go through, God is there to bring us through various life situations as long as we stay connected to Him.
0: Is this the first book in the series, or are there more?
10: This is the first book in this series. However, I have started the second book already, and more to come on that. It strategically aligns with the first book, but it goes through a deeper, deeper, deeper calling as to not only seeking God, but hearing from God, taking direction from God. And it just gives you that better understanding of our purpose. And you have, as an individual, to understand what your purpose is, what your will is, and what God has ordained
0: for you to do. Is Tribulation to Triumph the first book you've had published? It is, indeed. Oh, congratulations.
10: Well, thank you. I appreciate that.
0: So what have you learned along the way of writing a book and going through the publishing process?
10: Writing the book, recording, uh, getting up in the middle of the night being awakened by certain things and certain conversations that has been monumental the highlight of the books in the book that i'm also preparing to finish and have published the publishing process being new to it could be a little mundane but of course you know nothing without a struggle a hard work is worth pursuing so you know at the end of that journey it wasn't so challenging after all once i reflect back
0: upon it If you had one piece of advice now to offer aspiring authors, what would it be?
10: Patience. Because although you have completed your material, the publishing company, they have a process flow. The biggest challenge for me was, you know, going through that process flow, the rewrites, you know, I found the redundancy in that. So I just think you just have to be patient. You know, you can't rush and think that once you're done with your material that the publishing companies doesn't have other authors that are aspiring to have their work published as well so a level of patience is is what i would convey to the audience
0: about how long did it take you to write this first one
10: from start to finish and compiling all the um, aspects of what i wanted to share through my journey i would say about six months
0: well, i encourage listeners to check this out It's called Tribulation to Triumph by Cinda E. Fagan, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Cinda, thank you for being here tonight. It was great chatting with you.
10: Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Blackjack 22, Modern Poetry, is author Robert Deshay II's new book, Out Everywhere Books Are Sold. Robert is here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Robert, thank you for chatting with me tonight.
11: Thank you, Corey. How are you doing?
0: Oh, doing fantastic. Thank you. Now, can you tell us about Blackjack 22?
11: Yeah, it's uh, my debut work. It's my debut poetry collection, and it's my first published work in the uh, genre, I guess, of my new writing career.
0: Oh, congratulations on being published and having it out there. How's it feel to have that on shelves now for the world?
11: It's still surreal to me. It hasn't quite hit me yet. I've actually been to a few bookstores, uh, big ones and small little local shops. And to see my book on the shelves is still hitting me like a tank. It's quite profound, and I'm in love with it.
0: Have you published before?
11: I have not. This is my actual first, first published work.
0: So what was that journey like for you?
11: It was definitely intimidating at first Uh, when I was making my manuscript for the book. I wasn't sure if I had it in me to be able to write a book good enough to be published along with my friends and family who were along with me during the journey. They helped guide me in a really good way to get me in the mindset to where I was good enough and I could write a book. And Blackjack was that book.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the kind of poetry in here? I love the description. It says, this is me. This is what I have learned. This is the story behind that journey. This is also poetry. Don't overthink it. So Can you talk about that?
11: Oh, definitely. The book is pretty much the cornerstone of who I am. It's my beliefs, my philosophies, my ideals, supercharged into a very easily digestible read for anyone, really. I wrote it for young readers, uh, mature readers, uh, long-time readers. It's a book that really anyone could pick up, and they would find entertaining. I've been through a lot in my life at such a young age, and I've matured very quickly compared to most. And this book has all those lessons from heartbreak to anger and fear, depression, anxieties, to the hopeful, you know, looking at the future, but also staying pragmatic and realizing that the world is the way it is, but we can change it for ourselves.
0: And putting something so personal out there for the world to read can often be very intimidating. Do you have any advice for would-be authors that are thinking of writing, but they're a little hesitant to bare their soul, so to speak?
11: When I was considering bearing my soul to the world, I've been in a lot of relationships with people, and a lot of people know me. I like to consider myself an open book. I know a lot of people don't want to consider themselves an open book because they believe some of their personal life should be personal. I disguise the poems in beautiful words to get myself out there. So if you were a first-time reader and you hadn't known me, you'd be able to read the book, and it's almost like you're reading a part of your own life. And I would say for upcoming authors and other people aspiring to get their work out there, write parts of yourself in your book. Maybe it might not be the whole, maybe just a little part. Disguise some things in the story sometimes. Write bits of yourself in one character here, one character there, or maybe in a little poem there, but put parts of yourself into your work, because if you don't have parts of yourself into your work, you won't love it as much, and people won't love it as much.
0: What's next for you? Are you considering another book?
11: I've actually published two more books after this. Uh, one's titled Anthology, and it's published through Fulton Books. And then my third book will be coming out called The Streets Are in Red.
0: Fantastic. This is Blackjack 22, Modern Poetry by Robert the II, published by Fulton Books. You can find it on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes and Google Play, and everywhere else you get your reading material. Robert, thank you for your time. It was great talking with you tonight. Thank you, Corey. Evangelist L.R. Beebe has collected poetry written to express his mother's love for Christ in his new book, My Mother's Christian Poems. L.R. is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. L.R., thank you for talking with me tonight. Thank you. Can you tell me about this book of poetry?
12: Yes. uh, My mom had written poetry for many years. She educated herself because she never got out of high school, and she educated herself. She had a dictionary as well as her scripture, and she was... My grandmother was a very stout Christian many, many years ago, and my mother knew about Jesus. But when she was 16, she ran away from home, got married, got in all kinds of trouble. And then several years later, she'd come back into existence with God. And then I got real bad in accident. And she said, oh, my boy, the only one that takes care of me, out the family. She said, what am I going to do now? But in the meantime, she had built a Christian poetry and i called her one one noon day about noon because she usually just about noon because she'd be up to three o'clock four o'clock in the morning reading the bible and studying and that and she became a very strong christian and what had happened was when i called her that morning she what did you call this time of day for. i thought, what did i do she says don't call me this time because when god gave her a message, she did not want to be interrupted and anytime she was talking to anybody at the telephone if god put something to her right there she'd drop that phone and tell them i'll call you right back and she'd go drop down well, got it, told her to say, and then she would put it into poetry.
0: About how long did it take you to collect all this poetry and put it in book format?
12: Well, it, it, I didn't collect it uh, really until my mom almost passed away, and she told me when she, she knew she'd getting ready to go because she had five major surgeries in her heart. She knew she'd get ready to go, and she said, Les, she said, would you please add uh, a book for me? <laughs> it's, hard. it's hard for me right now. I've not been like this at all. My mom has been gone 36 years, but I still love her very much. And it's hard for me. As I look at her book, I, I can know her grief and what she went through, and I understand. I got her real bad in 1987. I'm sorry, 85. She died in 87, but she said in 85, I was in critical shape. I want to write a book about that also. But anyhow, this is how this all come about, and I told her I would do it. And she's got enough poems to make two books, most probably.
0: Are you considering putting out another book?
12: I am considering at least that, and, and, I, and I have at least two more books, if not three. Not just all poems, but about my tragedy, my how God has healed my arm, and I don't have any pain, roomy room, he any bones back in my arm. And I've been walking with the Lord for 51 years, and I was on the
0: verge to commit suicide when I come to the Lord. Wow. Have you ever been published before? Uh, no, I've not published before. Wow, congratulations on getting books out there. What was that process like? It was, it was stressful,
12: yeah, because I, I, my mom's writing. I couldn't read it sometimes because she's she, she lucky she could even write sometimes. She, I had to have my wife decipher the words. And I, I, and, and I had to have magnifying glass that did it up big enough that I could see what it was because she ran her words together.
0: Do you have any advice? for aspiring authors that want to write their first book and get it published?
12: Oh, I I think if they're going to do it for the Lord, they better be doing it. I'll tell you why, because if you don't, you're going to miss a great opportunity.
0: Do you have any final words about this poetry that you'd like our listeners to know?
12: Oh, I just encourage I just you, because when you read it inside, hey, like I've gotten a few books, and given the so I got about bought 10 books. I gave them some pastor friends of mine because I'm in a book from a few churches. And the other people that bought books off me otherwise, they were so inspired that I think this got them to come back to the Lord.
0: This is My Mother's Christian Poems by evangelist L.R. Beebe, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. L.R., thank you for sitting down with me tonight. It was a pleasure chatting with you.
12: And Thank you, sir.